welcome to Le Bon Mot, a podcast about language learning produced by ACA, a language training school based in Quebec, Canada. This podcast is designed for people who are learning languages, and each episode will cover a different topic connected to language learning. Every other week, we'll bring you a mini-sode like this one, with different tips and tricks to help you on your language learning journey. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Britta Potion Reader. I've been teaching English as a second language for over 10 years, and I'm learning French and Spanish. Language is my passion. This week, I'm joined once again by my guest host, Christopher Ashton. Christopher is an ESL teacher at ACA and also a psychology teacher at an English-speaking college in Quebec City, where he gives lectures on the development of language and first language acquisition. In this week's episode, we're going to be answering your questions about technology and language learning. We'll talk about a number of useful websites and apps, including Mindy, the platform created by ACA to help students with online practice outside of class time. Let's get started. Chris, welcome back to Les Bons Mots. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again. I'm so excited to talk to you about using technology when learning a language, because I know you're passionate about this topic and about something called blended learning. Could you define blended learning for us? Absolutely. So blended learning is this educational approach that uses online materials, as well as opportunities for interaction online with the traditional classroom methods. So it helps students control the pace of their own learning. Uh, an example would be online learning modules that students can do at their own pace. And then we come back into the classroom and have a discussion that applies the grammar from those modules. Mm, that's so valuable. And it's also something that has become a lot more commonplace given our current situation with people working and studying from home. Educators and students alike have had to get used to using technology and new and different ways when it comes to operating a class, haven't they? Exactly. So the thing that's unique, I think, about blended learning, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the independent work done by students at home is the work that benefits more from being self-paced. And the work that's done in the actual classroom or during the class time is the work that benefits more from the support of an instructor and the feedback of an instructor. Have I got it right? Yeah. And I think for me, uh, sometimes I find that a traditional classroom, you know, the learning in a traditional classroom, like grammar, repetition, completing exercises, while this is very important, it can be a bit dry for the day-to-day -day learner. I want my courses to be very dynamic and engaging. So I prefer when students do the grammar practice at home and we spend class applying that grammar in a more natural context. And furthermore, I find that at-home reading and watching videos gives us an opportunity to discuss in the classroom, uh, which allows us to have a more uh, a bigger challenge in a scaffolded learning uh, supportive environment. So when you talk about a scaffolded environment, what you're talking about is a supported environment, right? Where there are structures to, to help a language learner achieve sort of the next level of progression. Is that right? Exactly. There's a, a learning theorist uh, by the name of Lev Vygotsky who talked about sociocultural context in learning and that sometimes if we don't have enough of a challenge, we feel bored. And if we have too much of a challenge, we feel anxious and threatened. So if we have a supportive environment where we know that the teacher is 
you know, open, that it's a, a safe environment, we're going to be more willing to take risks. And I think really when we think about adding technology to the learning path, it can really help with building motivation and help to remove some of those affective factors, those emotional factors that we talked about last week. These are factors that might hinder or harm a learner's progress. So technology can add a gamification aspect. So making learning like a game, right? Where we have points, where we have badges, different levels, and that can create motivation, can create a sense of progress, and it can create some fun. You know, sometimes we we get to have like a learning streak or something like this. It's motivating. We don't want to like break our streak of daily achievements and that that might make us want to to continue learning and reduce our stress and forget that we're doing something that might be a little bit stressful in other contexts, like speaking our second language. But it's not only gamification, is it? No, technology can develop different skills in environments that are much more closely related to a learner's objectives. For example, let's say your boss often communicates by chat or by email in the second language. Typing exercises can help you manifest the written fluency that might be required for those communication skills. So it's a really good way to practice. A key question we can think about is the question, is technology useful in language learning and in what contexts? Perhaps we can tackle this question skill by skill. Chris, what do you want to start with? Sure. Yes, absolutely. It is useful in language learning. Uh, We can read, for example, websites that offer graded readings, so texts that are adjusted for different levels. Uh, For example, Breaking News in English. This offers current events, stories, uh, with many different activities for reading, listening, and vocabulary. Another one that's very similar would be News in Levels. So it provides news stories from around the globe at three different levels, uh, a beginner, you know, kind of an advanced beginner and an intermediate level. So you can try out some new grammar and vocabulary and progressively make it much more challenging and, and really put yourself out there to improve your vocabulary and your grammar. Also, CBC Learning English has news stories, transcripts, etc., cetera, uh, from beginner to intermediate levels from a very Canadian perspective. More advanced learners can try news or reading about any subject that they're interested in. If you're already interested in the subject, it gets a lot more motivating and it connects us to our discussion about internal motivation that we talked about last week. We use it to increase our motivation. If we're passionate about it, we're more likely to be engaged and we're more likely to learn. When it comes to writing skills, we can write online and mediated with technology in a lot of different ways. Participating in online discussions and forums can be a way to interact with others and gain confidence expressing our ideas in a different language. Usually these are shorter pieces of writing, a sentence or or a few sentences even. So we're not risking a lot when we try contributing to an online forum. For academic and business writing, I recommend that students take a look at some of the university writing departments, which have resources uh, that are publicly available. So these resources might include different types of writing, information about how to organize your writing, and sometimes even practice activities, grammatical explanations as well. A great example is Purdue University's Online Writing Lab, or the OWL, O-W-L, 
Uh, and that's an easy one to Google, but we will put uh, we will put it in the show notes as well. I discovered as well, uh, Gallaudet University also has a lot of information about different types of writing, along with samples that you can look at, and including business writing, not just university style texts. Chris, when it comes to listening, there is so much to choose from. In a previous episode, I mentioned how much I love suggesting TED.com for people who are learning a language for various reasons. What are some of the things you like to suggest for listening? I think one of the most beneficial would be music. Now, do you love music? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Music is just incredible. And when you listen to some music in that particular language that you're learning, this provides yourself a really excellent challenge. You find learning resources that are connected to that song. You can try singing along or writing out the lyrics. Look up new vocabulary that you don't know. And sometimes there's even some slang words that are incorporated in the music, and you can learn some more colloquial vocabulary. Online videos are great too. Again, choose a subject that you're interested in and check out some videos on that topic. Even streaming sites like Netflix. Last week, we talked about uh, Life in Pieces. Netflix has a lot of programs in many languages, so you can try watching with or without subtitles to challenge yourself. Those are all really great suggestions. I've been trying something new when it comes to speaking and pronunciation, Chris, that I'm really excited to share as well. And this is a website called Speechling. And they also have an app, I believe. Speechling lets you record yourself. You can listen back to your own recording and you can compare your recording to the recording of someone who's a native speaker of whatever language it is that you're learning. So the other really great thing is that you can submit recordings and a coach will listen, a human coach will listen to your recording and give you some feedback. So they might just give you a quick rating and they might also uh, help you by repeating in a recording back to you the part that you had difficulty with. So I would record a sentence. My coach would listen to my sentence. If it's okay, she or he would mark it as okay. If there's a problem, he or she would repeat the key chunk that I had difficulty pronouncing. It's very cool. It's very cool to be able to get this kind of feedback and to hear specifically which part of the phrase you had difficulty with. So I'm pretty excited about this app and it's available in multiple languages. Have you used Duolingo before? I have used Duolingo both for Spanish and for French. I do find that for advanced learners, it may not always be the most useful, but for a beginner and an intermediate level, I think it's a remarkable opportunity. It provides, you know, different gaming, uh, you know, gamification aspect. You can practice your vocabulary all while building uh, grammar as well. Duolingo can be good for vocabulary building, as you just mentioned. I also have been trying a site for French practice called Memrise which is a site and an app. Uh, you do need to download the app if you want to be able to use it beyond just like a first couple of trial activities, but it is free. And the thing that's cool about Memrise is that it offers some harder to find languages like Arabic and even Danish. So the focus is really on vocabulary building by recycling the items. So the vocabulary words or phrases are going to come up a lot to make sure that you really got it. This is something that as kind of like an upper intermediate learner, I found a tiny bit too repetitive, but I would have really, really loved uh, as a beginner student. So 
I would say with Memrise, give it a try and see if it's if it's meeting your needs or or not. One of the things that I've found, I don't know about you, Britta, in my classes, the, the simple vocabulary students are able to manage. But when it comes to phrasal verbs and idiomatic expressions, sometimes it just goes right over their head. So I've found for those types of vocabulary, I go to using English. Uh, and it's a, a pretty well-rounded website for a lot of different items, uh, but they have a whole section on phrasal verbs, uh, phrasal verbs that exist in the language that provides you not only the definition, but examples of how they'd be utilized. And for the idiomatic expressions, I like to go to Lingui. Have you ever checked this out before? I love this website. It's like uh, Google Translate, but so much better in some aspects. What do you love about it? So Google Translate often translates word for word. So you're not really getting the you know idiomatic sense of how it's being used. So yes, it is going to translate into your mother tongue, but you're able to see the definition in context, how it's utilized within the sentence, rather than just that word definition mentality, you're seeing it applied. So students really understand how this expression is being utilized. And it can really help us because uh, sometimes we, we find ourselves in these situations where we do a translation and maybe there's a couple of options or, or maybe it just doesn't seem right. And we're like, mm, I'm not sure that this is exactly what I want to say. It gives us a place that we can go. We can go to Lingui and take a look and see it actually used in various different contexts to make sure that what we're actually getting across the point that we mean to and, and avoiding any kind of confusion. Of course, when it comes to any kind of online resources or sometimes uh, technology-based resources, it's a big internet and it can be hard to find the good stuff. Chris, how can we help people navigate all of the search results that come up when we're, when we're looking for information and tools on language learning? Sometimes we go on the internet and there's lots of stuff there that's not necessarily top quality. So make sure that you pay attention to the URL. If you see a .edu, it's usually a really good sign. We've already mentioned some university websites. Another good one uh, that would be closer to home for English language learners would be the University of Victoria's English Language Center Study Zone. It has grammar, vocabulary, and reading activities that are organized by level. Another thing that could be useful is connection to reputable news sources. Uh, for example, Frantastique, which is produced by Le Monde and Jim Glish, uh, its partner company, is a fun French learning platform that is paid, but offers a free trial so that you can see if it's good for you or not. Can I jump into, we mentioned CBC earlier, but another news source is uh, BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, and they have a really excellent uh, learning English platform as well, too, that offers uh, uh, quite a wide variety of resources. Of course, you should be aware that the accents that you hear are not going to sound like uh, like yours, Chris, or like mine. It's going to sound like uh, various accents from the United Kingdom. But that's an excellent practice opportunity in and of itself, too. The more English sounds you hear, the better your comprehension is going to be. Mm -hmm. Something that I do, I also suggest to students when they're looking at online resources, and I look at, at as well when I'm looking for resources, is check reviews. You know, do a Google of whatever the app or whatever the website is and reviews and see what people have said. Is there good value in investing your time and potentially in some cases investing your money in this resource? Is it going to help you achieve what you want? So t checking out online reviews can be can be a key component. I agree. 
And furthermore, ask your instructor if you're in a language class, see what your instructor thinks might be valuable. Language teachers use a lot of resources and can help point you in the right direction. And sometimes your language school, if you are taking courses, may have their own content that supports the learning objectives of their program. I know, for example, for us at ACA, we have our own language learning platform with instructional videos and practice exercises, listening comprehension and vocabulary building. And so these are tied really closely with our our language programs and classes so that our students have the opportunity to utilize these resources while they're taking classes with us. So this is, again, a consideration that you can look at when you think about taking a class at a language school. If you're interested in having an idea of what that might look like, what this kind of learning platform could look like, you can check ours out at mindy.ca and I'll put the link in the show notes for that as well. So today we are focusing a lot on technology, apps, websites, and things that we can do, many of them uh, self-study types of things we can do. But there is, of course, the traditional language class, or in our current context, the online language class with an instructor and group of students or one student, possibly a private class. Where do you see that the classes have an advantage over self-study or using uh, technological resources? So last week in, in last week's podcast, we talked about the complex relationship between language learning and emotions. So having a good language teacher will help encourage and motivate you by choosing great materials and planning engaging lessons. Furthermore, they're going to offer correction. So usually if we're speaking a language, we don't get corrected when we make mistakes. So your teacher can help you recognize and correct the mistakes you make so that you won't make them again. I had this experience. I was lucky enough to take some French classes within ACA during the summer. And uh, Amélie, my French teacher, was invaluable because she would remember what kind of mistakes I usually make. Um, So a word that I was saying, le procès, which doesn't exist in French, she would be like, le procès? I'd be like, ah, le processus. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) You, You know, and having someone who can catch those things and really help you identify these mistakes uh, that you don't even realize you're making is pretty invaluable. Everybody on the street is that you talk to in your daily life, they're going to just communicate with you, but they're not going to be like, actually, Chris, uh, you used an anglicism there. Um, could you please use this word instead when you're speaking French? I think having a good teacher can destigmatize the problem. So no one's laughing at you, but we can laugh about it. Oh, did you really mean to say that? And you kind of just open up and you relax a little bit when you make those mistakes. And group classes also can be a great chance to speak with other people in the language that you're learning and learn from others' successes, learn from others' mistakes. You know, that that feeling of camaraderie that we get when we're all in the same boat and we're working together to understand, to improve it just can be a really great experience. It can also be a great way to make friends. I was able to make some friends when I first moved to Quebec uh, by taking French classes. I actually had a very unique experience when I took French classes. There were individuals from all around the world, and there was a gentleman from Japan who spoke zero English. So within the context of the class, you were forced to practice your French language, which was definitely useful for me I didn't have the crutch to lean on of utilizing my mother tongue. 
I had to stay immersed as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's so valuable because, you know, especially when we're beginning in a language, it's difficult to remain immersed all the time. It's mentally fatiguing. So yeah, having those situations that force you to immerse yourself for a limited period as a beginner are, are, are really invaluable. So it's time to talk about vocabulary of the week. This week, we're talking about an expression in English that can be useful in business contacts. Chris, this week, we're talking about get down to business. What does that mean? So the dictionary definition uh, is to stop making small talk and start business discussions. So uh, when I teach these expressions, I always like to explain them literally before explaining the figurative sense. So imagine that you're in a business context and you're talking about your kids and you're talking about your life and the business is not really the focus. Now we have to stop talking about all that stuff and really focus on what we need to. Let's talk business, right? So instead of just talking about things that are unnecessary, we really need to you know, double down and focus on the task at hand and make sure that we really get stuff done, get work done. So this could be very useful when you're leading a meeting, right? When everyone is, you know, catching up on what happened in the past weekend, right? Very friendly banter. And now we need to focus on the report that we just did or focus on, you know, the context of the meeting or a big project that's coming up. Let's focus on what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really great way of explaining it. And that's the perfect context where we would expect to hear it and possibly expect to use it as well. But there's another context that this phrase makes you think of, isn't there? <laughs> it makes me think of the uh, Disney film Mulan, where they're singing, let's get down to business to defeat the Huns, meaning we need to take ourselves seriously, right? We can talk about all the fun things in the world, but if we don't get it done, we're not going to succeed. So let's double down and focus. Let's actually accomplish what we need to. Excellent. It's useful for everyone from, from our, ourselves, our students, and animated characters in a Disney film as well. What a versatile <laughs> expression. Very versatile. Chris, thank you again so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show again. Thanks for making the time. The pleasure has been all mine, Britta. Thank you so much. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of Les Bons Mots. Check out our website at lesbonsmots.ca. We have a lot of great content on our blog where we post regularly about news, culture, and language learning. You can also see our language learning videos there. This week, Lauren has posted about strategies you can use to improve your listening skills. Do you have any questions? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at lesbonmots.lesateliers.ca or find us on Facebook and Instagram at lesateliers.ca. Reach out to us if you're interested in learning more about our language training programs or if you want to talk to us about ways you can improve your skills. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts to help other language learners find us. Thanks again. Happy practicing.